That just seems right, doesn't it? We just miss kids at Children's Church and Tommy's going out that door. <laughs> oh, we're finishing up our eight-week series on the summer and the Psalms uh, today. Maybe we can finish up with summer in general soon. Got a few more weeks of it, I'm sure, but I'm about, I'm about done with it. I've been done with it. I know Ruth's done with it. Ruth's done. She's been done with it. I, I hear you. Uh, we're going to finish in, a, I think, a, the right place today. If we're going to finish this series, we're just going to finish with the last Psalm, Psalm 150. It's a simple psalm. It's a short psalm. Just thought I'd get an amen out of that. This is going to be. <laughs> um, but it's a it's a powerful psalm. So I'm looking forward to digging into this together this morning as we get into this. If you're a note taker, fbcdan.com/notes has my notes, and you can email them to yourself. You can also take notes on that on that platform. So if you like that, use it. If you don't, then don't. John Calvin once said, now John Calvin got off on a couple things, I'll be the first to say that, but he had a lot of things right, and he once said that Christ is the great choir master who tunes our heart to sing God's praise, and he said that in reference to this psalm, particularly, we're looking at uh, this last psalm, and, and if you wanted to sum it up, just praise the Lord. If you wanted to sum up the psalms, you could just say praise the Lord, and that's what this psalm is talking about, that's what it all talks about. Uh, but here's what I, I hope we get today, okay? Why does today's word matter to you? If you're here today, you're investing your time, why does today's word, why does it matter to you? So lean in and hear this today. Today we will talk about why we were made. This is why we exist. The reason that you draw breath, the number one reason you exist at all as a tiny, tiny, tiny little blip in this vast, vast creation is to praise the Lord. That's why we draw breath. And we're going to hopefully dig down into that to this point where you want to praise the Lord like you never have before. That's my hope. So no tricks up my sleeve. That's what we're going to talk about, and that's where we're headed. So I hope that's what happens. What is to praise? To praise God is to call attention to his glory that's what it means to praise something or someone is to call attention to their glory we do it all the time with all different types of things there's a lot of things that we call attention to something because it has value it has worth a lot of things as fans and all types of things we call attention to the glory of something but we are ultimately called to call attention to God's glory to praise God and there's many ways that we can do that there's one specific way that we get called to do it all the time often and we're going to talk about that today Longman who's a commentary writer says Psalm 150 heightens the call to praise and sends the reader out of the book the book of Psalms in a joyful attitude of worship now, those of you that may not have paid attention or been here if you're new with us the Psalms are broken up into five different books. It's actually five books that make up the whole book of Psalms. The book, the five books of the Tehillim in the Hebrew, which is, just means the book of praises, which is actually a better title than the word we use from the Greek, Psalms. The book of praises is what this is. Each of the first four books, they all have an ending, and every one of them ends with a 
doxology, a short doxology. And a doxology is just a short expression of praise to God. That's why we call the doxology the doxology, the one praise God from whom all blessings flow. That's why it's called a doxology. It's just a short expression of praise. Each book of the five books of the, of the Psalms ends with a doxology. The first book, Psalm 41, 13, ends, May Yahweh, the God of Israel, be praised from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. Second book, May the Lord God, the God of Israel, who alone does wonders, be praised. May his glorious name be praised forever. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Amen and amen. So be it and it must be and I agree. That's what that means. True and true. It can't be truer. Amen and amen. Psalm 72, that's the end of the second book. The end of the third book. May the Lord be praised forever, amen, and amen. Notice there's a little bit of a trend here. Psalm, or the book 4, Psalm 106. May Yahweh, the God of Israel, be praised from everlasting to everlasting. Let all the people say, and Psalm 106, 48. That's the end of book 4. The book of praises makes sure to end every book within it with a doxology or a benediction is another word we use for that a short expression of praise so it's only fitting that Psalm 150 the final psalm of the entire book of Psalms is an entire psalm that is a doxology the entire psalm is an expression of praise not just the final verse but the entire book uh, book of praise ends with a psalm that is completely about praise so here we go Psalm 150 starting in verse 1 because that's where you'd probably start. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty expanse. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with harp and lyre. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with stringed instruments and pipe. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, we're going to dig into this. I'd ask you to join me in prayer and a spirit of prayer as we pray as we dig into these beautiful verses. Father God, we thank you for this time today. We thank you that we can gather together and praise you, God. We thank you that your word is, is life. We thank you that you give life. We thank you for the breath that we've been given today. And, Lord, I pray that we would give that breath back in praise to you. I pray that, that if the lost are saved today. I pray that the saved are revived today, God. I pray that your church comes together and praises you in a way that joins the mighty praises that are going on right now in heaven and have always been going on and will always be going on. God, may we join in to that praise this morning and find such a peace and such a strength and such a comfort that comes from joining in when we praise you, God, because when we do what we've been called to do, Lord, when we do that, you give something back to us. You give yourself, your presence back to us, God, and there's nothing better than that. So can we experience that this morning, God, in your presence together? We pray it all in Jesus' matchless name. Amen. All right, so dig into it a little bit. Praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty expanse. The, the, first, the first phrase, we've mentioned this many times throughout this series and, and many other times as far as that goes. That first phrase is hallelujah. It's two words in the Hebrew. Hallelujah, you praise, that's what that is. And Yah, a shortened form of God's personal covenant name, Yahweh. 
it's a, it's, a, it's a form that is an acceptable word to utter as a Jew, as, a, as an Israelite. They didn't say Yahweh out loud. It was too holy. It was unacceptable to do that. Think of how flippantly we throw around the name of God sometimes. We could use a little bit of that reverence most of the time. They wouldn't say that, but they, were, they would say Yah. So it's hallelujah. Praise Yahweh. Praise the Lord. Usually all capitals if it's Lord, meaning Yahweh, meaning hallelujah in the English. That's how we say it. So praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God is next. So praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And then next it says praise God. That's next. It starts with praise Yah and then says praise Elohim which is another name, another word for God. The first name of God that is used in Scripture is Elohim. In the beginning, what's the next word? God, good. Hey, yeah, yeah, the baby. Somebody's been in Sunday school. That's what I'm talking about, see? Sunday school is valuable. You get to join in on the Scriptures, on the, on the preaching. Uh, in the beginning, God, the word there is Elohim. When it says God, Elohim. El is the singular version of the word and it means powerful and mighty one Elohim when you add the O and the Hem to the end of that word uh, that makes it the plural form of the word why would a God that is one have a plural form of his ver of his name because although he is one he is expressed in three the Godhead is right there in the very beginning of the scriptures three in one expressed in the very first mention of God in all of scripture so often when Elohim is used in the Old Testament. When it's mentioned through the Old Testament, it's a calling on the remembrance of the powerful creator God. It's kind of referencing that, what you think of with the creator God, that part of, of God, that essence of God. And that fits here with this psalm in what the psalmist is saying here. He's saying, praise God no matter where you are. Praise the almighty creator God no matter where you are, on heaven and on earth, in heaven and on earth. Praise him in all places. His, praise his sanctuary to his mighty expanse or his, or his great firmament, which just, is just a way of saying the heavens, the skies and all the heavens and all the glory that is not land is what that is saying. So praise him no matter where you are because he created all of these things. Praise him wherever you are in all these things. Don't limit your praise to a location. That's what the psalmist, I think, is trying to really drive home right there. Don't limit your praise to a location. You go, you go to the woman in Samaria when she was talking to Jesus. What did she say? Well, you guys say that we're supposed to worship God in Jerusalem, but we think we're supposed to worship him here in Samaria, which place is right. God says, I'm tell Jesus says, I'm telling you, a time is coming when my people will worship me in spirit and in truth. It's not about the location. But at the same time, Having a location is a good thing because the word sanctuary is used right there. The word sanctuary is used. So I think it is a good thing for us to have a designated place, a designated time to come together for offerings of praise to our Lord. It, in fact, it is a command for us to do that in a sanctuary, a sacred place, a place set aside for his worship. So praise God. Call attention to his glory. Call attention to his glory anywhere and everywhere that you can. We, we, we offer praise through giving. We offer praise through the teaching and the preaching and the obeying of his word. We offer praise through prayer. We offer praise through holy fellowship with the saints, with one another believer. And the most often and repeated way 
that we offer holy and transforming praise to God is through our song. That's what the scripture says. That's what God's word says. It draws attention to it over and over and over and over. Calling attention to the glory of God with our voice and with our music. Over and over in scripture, this is the main medium through which we are called through which we are called to come together and praise the Lord. And Psalm 150 makes that as clear as it possibly can, that that is what we are supposed to do. Verse 2, praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise God for what he has done. Praise him for his mighty deeds. This is, what, what is his mighty deeds? We could go on and on and on and on about God's mighty deeds. Remember, it's referenced him as Elohim in the previous verse. So praise him for the mighty work of just speaking the universe into existence, from calling nothing into something, and to keep his people Israel, and to keep them, and to keep faithful to them, and to maintain them. I've heard it said that if you wanted to describe the, the inspiration of scripture in one word, you could do it by just saying the word Israel. That one word proves God's mighty deeds. The fact that they were and still are. Find me another. Find me another that existed 4,000 years ago. Another culture, another people, another nation that we still call by the same name. You can't do it. And you're not ever going to do it. But we can about Israel. God's, he's been faithful to that. To the, his mighty deeds are his mighty work of salvation. Mighty work of salvation promised and done through his people Israel and to keep his people Israel God has done mighty deeds but not only that says for his mighty deeds but not only that praise him just for who he is praise him just for who he is I often say in my prayers and I, and I don't ever want to get religious and, and mundane about it but I often say in my prayers and the Psalms are what has taught me to do this God we praise you for who you are and what you've done we praise you for who you are and what you've, done, what you've done. It's not just what he's done. It's just who he is. He deserves our praise. We praise him according to his excellent, mighty, abundant, surpassing, unequaled greatness. All words in English that are used to, to express that right there, that excellent greatness, who he is, his character, his goodness. And then he gets into the how. Praise him with trumpet sound. Harp and lyre, timbrel, dancing. I always like to pause on that one just a little, just for the fun of it. Praise him with stringed instruments and pipe. Praise him with every instrument you've got. Song is a unique and primary way to offer God praise. It's not the only way, but it is the most often repeated way for us to express praise. I know, I know we all have preferences on style of music and style can make it easier or harder for us to sing with gusto sometimes depending on what our preference is when it comes to the style of music. But though the style may differ, the subject is the same. I'm going to say that again because that needs to land directly on our hearts this morning. The style may different, may be different, but the subject is the same. Who 
And what we're singing about and singing to is the same regardless of whether or not the music meets your preference. Hello, precious. The world doesn't revolve around you. My granddad used to say that all the time, or still does. Usually talking to himself. Precious, the world doesn't revolve around you. It does not. We are praising God. God. We are praising God. So let's not let our preferences get in the way of that. It's too big. It's bigger than that. Some would say that these sections, these different uh, delineations of, mu of instruments that it is being stated through here, some would say that they're broken down between like official temple instruments like the harp and the lyre and then the, like the more common man instruments like the smaller stringed instrument or the pipe, right? It's, it's a mirrorism like the psalm does often. It's this and that. It's the extreme over here and the extreme over here, which means anything and everything in between. That's how poetry works. It makes, it makes extreme examples to, to make a point. And so he's naming all these different types of ways and things that we can do with our music and with our voices to, to, to uh, express praise to God. Big official stuff like at church, use it to praise. And ordinary man stuff, use it to praise. An example of that would be like this big, great, beautiful grand piano or a harmonica. Do you know the harmonica is the most used instrument in the world? The first time I learned that, I thought they were lying to me, but that's true. And that's kind of what this psalm is saying. A lot of people would have a pipe, a little pipe to play on, but they may not have a harp, but it doesn't matter. If you can make music and praise the Lord with it, then do it. Then do it. You know, there's been a lot of times through church history where the, in, the, the uh, including of a new instrument became a huge thing. I know a lot of us love the sound of an organ. Do you know when the organ was brought into the church, many churches thought it was devil music? Isn't that funny how history teaches us things like that? It's just weird. But this psalm is saying, mm, you're focusing on the wrong thing. If you can make music with it and sing praises to the Lord, then do it. That's what you should be doing. In other words, don't let the subject of the music become the source of the praise. We'll repeat that one. Don't let the subject of the music, like the style, what, how you're melodically doing it, become the source of the praise. Sometimes you're praising the music and not the God that the music is praising. Just make music and song and dance to offer praise. We are made to do that. Call attention to God's glory regardless of the means. And then verse 5 and 6, praise him with loud symbols. Praise him with resounding symbols. And every drummer that ever lived said, Amen. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, this is how you know the author of this psalm is not a Baptist. He says, praise him with loud symbols. Say, well, what about reverence? Now, say, what about it? I've said this before. Reverence and boredom are not the same thing. Reverence and boredom are not the same thing. Reverence is a good thing. Respect and awe for something that deserves respect and awe. And no one deserves more reverence than Elohim, Yahweh, Jesus the Christ, the God of all things. He deserves our respect and our, our awe. But reverence is not stiff, lifeless, and boring. It is not. 
If you think that's the way heaven's going to be, you're going to have a big surprise when you get there. I think it's going to be louder than we could possibly imagine. Joyce, I didn't ask for permission to share this, but I hope you're okay with it. So Joyce was telling me this morning that uh, (laughs) Wednesday, if you weren't a part of Wednesday, man, you missed out on a blessing. But the first Wednesday is absolutely, it almost gives me a stroke every year. I'm just not going to lie. It, it, it drives me crazy. It's chaotic. It's, it's true it's heaven. Like, it's, it's absolutely true it's heaven. He loves it. When it's, the more chaotic, the better. That's right. But for an but for for a organized and efficient person like me, and just for the sheer liability of it all, like, I am nervous the entire time. I'm, I'm so thankful that we have it back. I'm so thankful when the first one's over and no one's dead or missing. I'm just the way it is. It's, the kids are they're fired up, they are louder than normal, they are more energetic than normal, they're getting to play, and it's great, and it's awesome. <laughs> and we were talking about how loud it was Wednesday night. We had 87 kids in just our third through sixth grade group. You put 87 kids that are hopped up on stuff and ready to play, and you stick them in that fellowship hall, and you might as well be at a rock concert, how loud it is in there. It's crazy. Anyway, Miss Joyce gets home, and she checks on her phone, and if you don't know this, smartphones, they can do a lot of things, and she had three excessive noise warnings on her phone (laughs) from from being in the kitchen Wednesday night, (laughs) and I thought, if that doesn't describe it, I don't know what does. (laughs) Point being, (laughs) praise God for that, right? Praise God that we don't have a stiff, lifeless, boring church. I've done that in my life, and I just refuse to do it anymore. I really do. God's too good. He's too big for that. He deserves a little bit of energy from his people when it comes to praising him. Then it says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Where do we get our breath? It was a gift from God. What separates us from other created beings, the word of God says that he grabbed us up and breathed life into us. That's what makes us different from all other animals. We are not the same. According to Henry G. Bosch, a fellow a lot smarter than me, you do this about 18 times a minute, about 1,080 times an hour. You do it about 25,920 times a day, and you rarely notice it. You breathe your breath. If you're 40 years old, which I'm slightly north of that, you have already taken more than 378 million breaths in your life. And each of those breaths was a measured gift from the hand of God. 26,000 gifts a day given to you. And I ask you, how many of those 26,000 gifts are you using to praise your Lord with your life, with your breath? And the author finishes... With one last hallelujah, praise the Lord. He's he's calling on everything that has breath to to praise the Lord. And then he finishes with the command to praise the Lord. First and foremost, we'll recap real quick. Why do we praise him? Praising God is a God-appointed calling on our lives. It is a command. He is holy and he alone deserves our praise. It is our duty, church, to praise God. It's, this is why we praise, that, because it's our duty. It is a fulfillment of our very being, and it brings such fulfillment in you to praise the Lord like you mean it. Why else? As if that isn't enough of a reason, 
because it is enough of a reason, but why else do we praise the Lord? Recapping what we've just said, we praise him for who he is, for his excellent greatness. He is good, he is kind, he is compassionate, he is merciful. He is the giver of all good things. He is creator, he is mighty, he is powerful. He is God. He is above all things. He is holy, and he and he alone deserves our praise for his excellent greatness. If he never does a single thing for you, than what he's already done and who he already is. He deserves your praise. He deserves us to call attention to his excellent greatness. He deserves us to call attention to his glory. We, so we do it because it's our duty, but we do it because he deserves it for who he is. But we also do it for what he has done, his mighty deeds. He's creator of it all. He made it. He did it. He gave you form. He gave you breath. He picked you up out of the dirt and breathed life into you he did it he's done mighty deeds to you and for you he's done mighty deeds to and for us all praise the Lord he deserves our praise heartfelt real energetic legitimate praise not praise the Lord praise the Lord I don't really like this song I wish we'd sing something else I'm not saying you did that this morning. I'm just saying it's possible. I didn't. I didn't do that this morning. I can tell you that, and that's all I'm in control of. Ain't no rock going to outpraise me, as Brother Clayton said several years ago. I ain't letting it happen. God says, I'll make those rocks praise me, but I sure would rather hear it from you. He ain't going to say that to me. It's not happening. I'm going to stand before him and be called to the, to the, to the carpet on a lot of things. But one thing he's going to be able to say is, praised me while you drew breath. That I'm going to make sure of. And I think we should all make sure of that. Ooh, I'm, I'm trying to wrap up and I'm fixing to get started. I better calm down. Golly. We praise him with all of our instruments. Our physical instrument, our voice should praise him. Our words, especially through song. And our external instruments. Any and all we could ever use to call attention to his glory, do it. Do it. It's never the wrong time. It's never the wrong way. Call attention to the glory of God. So what I'm saying is, and what I was kind of getting off on right there, is don't do this. Don't offer a puny praise of preference. Don't let your preferences get in the way of praising the God of this universe. I understand we have preferences. I get that. We, Josh and I have joked about it the last couple of years, and, and, and I've talked with Truett about it too. We've joked about how, you know, when we're 80 years old, what is it going to be that we say, I wish we would do more of this? Because it will happen. I think it will be a Shane and Shane song. I think in, in, in 30 or 40 years that we won't be singing as many Shane and Shane songs that we do now. And Josh and I are going to be saying, I wish we'd just sing a Shane and Shane song. Why do we get away from that? They're so good. Right? I get, I get it. We have preferences. But don't let it take your heart away from what you were designed to do. You're you're your God-given duty to lift up praise to him. Don't let the fact that you object melodically or stylistically to the music, don't let that keep you from praising God. What am I saying is don't protest the music by not praising God. That's what I'm saying, and that's what we do sometimes. Well, I ain't joining in this one. Dead gum till we open them books up, I ain't joining in this one. I ain't doing it. Well, you ain't hurting me. 
You're offending God, the God of this universe. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's too important. Don't offer puny praise of preference, but instead offer a powerful praise with penance. A powerful praise with penance. Let your praise be a sacrifice of praise. That's what penance is. Offer him all you've got. Give him your time. Give him your talents. Give him the blessings that he's given you. Give them back to him. Give him your very, very best, your first fruits in all things. And yes, give him a song that is deserving of such a mighty, powerful, and good God. Give it to him. He deserves it. This God, this God that set aside the glory of heaven to come and save a wretch like you and me. That's who we're giving praise to. Jesus, the Messiah King, the Lord of all, the King of kings, the master of heaven and earth. Praise him like he's given you the forgiveness you have and grants eternity in heaven with him. Praise him like he has done that because he has done that to whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord to save them. If you've called upon the name of the Lord, he has saved you. Praise him like he's saved you. Like you're happy about that. Like you're thankful for that. Whew. If you know him as Savior and Lord, praise him like it. We're finishing with three songs today. It's an extended time of worship. I'm done, so we have plenty of time, so stop looking at your watches. A little bit of an extended time of praise. Why? Because I couldn't think of any better way for us to finish the book of Psalms with a little extra time of praise through song. That's what we're called to do. So we have an extended time if y'all want to come up, because I'm not even going to pray. We're going to go right into it. So hurry up and get up here so we can start. <laughs> extended time of praise today. Use it well. Use this time well. Use it to pray. Use it to give if you haven't. Not because God needs your money, because God wants your heart. And nothing says he has your heart like you being willing to offer him your finances. Use it to confess if you need to come down here and confess. Use it to reconcile with your brother or sister because he says to do that before you offer him praises, offer him offerings on the altar. Before you offer him offerings on the altar, make sure you're reconciled with your brother and your sister. And do any of that, but also praise him with your voice because he deserves it. Let's finish with a few songs. In and up. I want everybody to take a deep breath in. Say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And let's use that breath now to lift up a song to him. 